Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Hi, everybody. Mark and Jess here. And before we jump into today's conversation, I want to share with you one of my favorite things that we do here at Menlo Church. This is our commitment in the Thanksgiving season to serve others. It's Mm -hmm. one of the way that we share Jesus's command to love others, especially those that are in the Bay, our neighbors right here. And one example of how we do this is serving through our mobile food pantry at the Mountain View campus. Such a cool thing. Twice a month, volunteers take time out of their day and they just distribute food, build relationships, and it's all with the locals of the Mountain View campus. So in addition to supplying food, God provides in so many ways through this ministry. Jess, do you have any stories about this? Yes. I heard about a Brazilian woman. She had just received a cancer diagnosis. Mm. She came for food, but we they slowly realized that what she really needed was some prayer. Okay. Um, and they found a Portuguese translator who prayed over the phone for her healing. What? And the volunteer community surrounded her during that prayer. It was They said it was just such a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um, another example is that over the summer, some high school students served with them. And while the students grew in their faith, the food recipients enjoyed the dose of energy that yeah. they brought and the care, of course, you know, seeing youths serve you is just an amazing thing. Shout out student ministry. I know. And we cannot do this kind of outreach on our own. For one, it takes partnerships and the food pantry is run with two of our mission partners, City Team San Jose and Reach Potential. Yeah, those are I mean, City Seam San Jose and the Reach Potential Movement, like they're such great partners that we have. We're so lucky to be able to be with them. And outreach like this is really made possible through your generous giving. Mm-hmm. This is what, like why it's my favorite thing, but we give every dollar that we get to the Thanksgiving offering, it goes directly to making the Server City projects in winter possible. Every dollar. Every dollar. Every dollar. And when you give to the Thanksgiving offering this year, you will be giving to next year's Winter mm-hmm. Serve Your City project. So this means that you'll help ensure that others have food, emergency shelters, offer blood drives, support for foster children, and all of that. That's awesome. So if you've actually never given to Menlo Church before, we believe that the Thanksgiving offering is just a great time to take that leap Mm -hmm. and give for the first time. Your donation, like we said, will be spent entirely on projects that help our local neighbors through our Serve Your City projects. Yes. And Serve Your City projects and serving in general, that changes Mm -hmm. lives. That's us going out in the community, brings hope, it gives joy. And it's how we live out Jesus's command to love each other and those around us. So thank you for your support in the Thanksgiving offering and your support for loving our neighbors. Yep. You can go to menlo.church slash give and look for the area to designate it to the Thanksgiving offering. If you come on a Sunday morning, we have special envelopes for this as well. And we really thank you so much for all of your generosity and all of your giving and Serve Your City Projects could not happen without your generosity. So thank you. Yes, thank you very much. And now let's jump into Menlo Midweek. Welcome everybody to Menlo Midweek. I'm Mark. And I'm Jessica. And we have two guests Oh my with gosh. Us today. First time, right? First Ooh. time. We have Matt Summers, campus pastor from Mountain View. Wow. Yeah. Snaps. Come That's on. our audi- live audience. Yep. And that. Man, that's yeah. really cool. Josh Fox, director <laughs> of weekend experience based out of the Menlo Park campus. Woo-hoo. Yeah, very nice. What a time so to be alive, to be. everyone. Yeah. Yeah, we had a campus preaching weekend this past weekend. So if you watch online, you get to see Josh. Uh, or if you were at a campus, you saw probably a campus pastor. So we thought it'd be a fun opportunity to come and bring two guests in 
to talk about their messages and see who took it in what way and who was funnier and just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to throw this out right at the beginning. This is Thanksgiving week. Yes. It is a especially busy time for us because not only do we have to think about what we all have personally going on for Thanksgiving, but little secret, this is like Christmas crunch time Christmas right crunch now. Time. So yep. our brains are in a thousand places. So if we're a little loopy today, you can blame Jessica. It's <laughs> <laughs> always the best She option is to the blame queen me. of details for Christmas. Yep. <laughs> so... What are your Thanksgiving plans? Are you guys sticking around? Matt, you're from out of town. Are you going back to New York? Nope. New York. Okay. No New York. Now you have to speak in a New York accent, yeah, this York. whole story. Yeah. I ain't going back to New York. Um, <laughs> forget about it. No, we're not going back to New York. We're going to do Friendsgiving. We're going to stay local. That's been tradition since relocating to the Bay Area. And uh, yeah, it'll be wonderful. It'll be really nice. I think I would love to see my family, but the company of friends is uh, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, what's great about it is the host actually kind of insists on cooking. So um, all I have to do is provide dessert and drinks. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. It's pretty great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Josh, what are you up to? So my oldest niece got married in Virginia. Okay. Small, super small wedding. But she's doing the California ce uh, ceremony this coming Saturday. And so what that means oh. is 34 of my family members... And uh, my niece's family are all descending into <laughs> Santa Cruz. <laughs> now, the cool thing is, is we don't actually have to travel. My family and I can kind of just hang out and stay put. But we do have to host, which will be fun. It's just a lot. So we're like, okay, there's 34 people coming to our house. How are we going to fit everybody? And we've got to fix like 100 things yeah. before they come. That's a lot. Right, so which means you have to fix 100 things yeah. before they come. Well, <laughs> And my parents are actually staying with us. Okay. Oh. So that'll be fun. But again, okay. you know, it's yeah. just another <laughs> layer. <laughs> yep. Totally. Yeah. So there you go. That's a lot. I'm praying for you, dude. Mm. <laughs> That's a big Thanksgiving mm. thing. <laughs> Jess, what are you doing? I'm hosting two people. <laughs> uh, my parents are coming down from out of town today. Uh, my mom loves the beach. So we'll go to the beach, take my dog. Uh, and then we'll do Thanksgiving, just three of us. My brother and his wife and two kids are going to be out of town until Thursday night. So then we'll do Friday and Saturday stuff with them. So nice. it's fun. My nephew is two and the other one is like seven months old. So they're just the sweetest little age and it'll be a fun little weekend. That will be. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, we're actually sticking around this year. Typically, we'll go down and see my parents in Orange County because this is like birthday slash Thanksgiving week. Yeah, for us. everybody. Mark's birthday was yesterday, Monday, mm -hmm. November 21st. 21st. Happy I don't know what day it is. Oh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I just put together all three of you have sung worship for us at some point. Oh, yeah. That's true. That is a true statement. Yeah. Yes. This I is now the Menlo excluded. Worship Podcast. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> really cool. You guys should do a worship podcast. That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. That would be really yeah. fun. Anyways. Yeah. So we're sticking around here this year, actually, um, which will be a new thing for us. We're going to have Thanksgiving with my, uh, my wife's family, which will be good. It's my favorite kind of Thanksgiving because I'm half Japanese and half white. She's half white and half Chinese. So... Thanksgiving is all kinds of food. Amazing. So there's going to be like really good Chinese food. I was like, I'll bring the traditional American food. So I'm making stuffing and cheesy potatoes. Oh. Someone's making a turkey, but then there should be like a bunch of really good, like just Asian food in general. So I'm mm, super nice. stoked That's for that. Awesome. That's fun. Yeah. That's great. So excited. And maybe some Black Friday shopping. Who Ooh. knows? 
Mm. We'll see. My Amazon card is already very full. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Do people still do that? They still shop in person on Black Friday? I mean, I, I assume so. I'm saying because we that's the day we cut down a Christmas tree oh, every yeah. year, like oh, the last yeah. couple of years. But is it still I don't, I don't think COVID. it's as big here in okay. the Bay Area. I could be wrong. I've actually never done it. But I know a lot of people that live in like smaller towns they go mm. to the walmart or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know i could be completely i've wrong. done it just one time in search of uh an led screen tv oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like back in the day yeah. and it was the last time i will ever yeah do that. One and only. it was yeah. absolutely insane like the whole stampede thing it's a real oh thing it's crazy so not 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 again wow. now i'm thinking is there anything that we want as like Menlo Church that we should be looking for <laughs> for Black Friday. <laughs> LED yes. wall. Huh? Oh my lord. I like it. Ooh. Yeah. I, I almost feel like it's it's almost somewhat holy to abstain from the chaos mm, of yeah. it. Like there's something mm, it's yeah. so Sabbath, anxiety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there's so much like yeah, just nutso around what what that whole thing creates. And yeah, yeah. it's almost a it's almost a holy action to be like, you know what? Maybe I'll just stay home. Yeah. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. And plus you could do a lot of stuff online too. So You can. Yeah. But I think there is there's something there in that. And that kind of ties to what we talked about last week. I'm connecting that to gratitude mm-hmm. and how just be being grateful by, with where you are, the things that you have. You're not sucked into this consumer culture of mm-hmm. like, oh, the thing's 50% off. So it's like, I'm not even really spending money, which I've heard <laughs> as reasoning in my brain for buying things that yes. I don't need. Yeah. Um, and that's actually what we talked about last week. We talked about gratitude. And again, Jess kind of set this up earlier. We had campus preaching, which means that we had live teaching at each of our campuses. And then we had the pleasure of having Josh Fox teach at our Menlo Park campus. And that got onto the internet. So (laughs) super fun there. You're out there. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious, maybe Matt, can you go first, share a little, like summarize about your message and Josh will ask you to summarize yours and then we'll dive in from there. Yeah. And so, you know, we incubated this, uh, this message together. Um, you know, <laughs> we did, no, we did really like, I, just, we, I love that, that you, that's the term you use. Well, you know, it's, it's a little, little nurturing, little yeah. growth. Yeah. We, we had to sort of get the concept together, but we all centered around pretty similar text, which was, which was great. But yeah, in summary, mm-hmm. um, my approach was with this was I wanted to, and this is, this also goes to, I'm mindful of who's in the room on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning and mm-hmm. I want a good message to equip saints, but also like be something that people can hold on to whether they have no faith or not. And so my whole thing was moving away from gratitude as more than just a social convention and that gratitude is actually sacred. Like gratitude is sacred. That's the thing I was trying to get across. And the way I communicated that was um, through the life and ministry of Jesus from the moment of the Lord's Prayer, which is entirely just a declaration of thankfulness to God, to the feeding of the 5,000, to the resurrection of Lazarus, even to the upper room. Every one of those instances had examples of thankfulness to God and gratitude. And the sacred idea being that in times of joy and in times of grief, there was thankfulness given. Like, the moment in the upper room that Jesus had among his 12 friends, like, knowing what was to come— there was still thankfulness for the bread and wine there. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that is like a really beautiful moment um, to say, hey, I'm going to be grateful in goodness and in grief. And so that was my whole thing. And then, you know, just wrapping it up with the idea of when good things happen to us, it's good to be grateful. That's a wonderful thing. Um, But we want to prioritize the giver rather than the gift itself. Mm -hmm. And that was my like sort of 
big thing. And then we'll get more into it. But that was big idea. Gratitude is sacred in goodness and in grief because it prioritizes the giver rather than the gift. Nice. I love alliterations. You Sorry. do? I, I had do. no idea. Yes. You must be like a songwriter or worship leader. <laughs> I know, leader. right? Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact this morning, um, we're all drinking Phil's coffee, and this is actually a cup of gratitude. They have a blend called gratitude oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. And so I'm I'm sipping on gratitude, Aww. literally Apropos, and metaphorically. Yeah. Is that, was that your next step for your message this yeah. week? Go out and get yourself <laughs> Go to a, Phil's. It should have been. Product if, placement. If I had yeah. known about it before this morning, I probably would have done that. So. I think it's great. It's still time. Still time. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I started off just kind of naming some of the things everybody knows. A grateful life leads to a joyful life. And we all kind of know that feeling when, when we're focused on good things that are happening in our life. Think, even thinking back to the things we've gone through that have been difficult, but we've seen, we see now how far we've come from that. It's like this gratitude just wells up. And then naming, you know, mm. just that life is so filled with brokenness and pain and hardship. And it's so easy. Like our default mode is to drift toward what's not working, what hasn't happened yet, what's missing, what isn't working out. And so just kind of raising the tension, like how can we be grateful people? If, if a grateful life leads to a joyful life, how can we be grateful? Mm. And then just bringing up some of the science of gratitude, yeah. that gratitude actually is good for us as human beings. And there's all kinds of scientific study and research done on this. And this guy, um, Emmons, is sort of the leading researcher. But he's discovered through all these tests that gratitude gives you a healthier body, a healthier mind, healthier relationships. And it kind of is just a big spotlight onto God's word because the scriptures are filled with principles of being grateful and how grateful gratefulness actually leads to well-being. And so then from there, we just went into the scriptures and said, hey, what is, where do we find gratitude in the Bible? We just went through the Old Testament, went through the New Testament, just looked at lots of different passages. And then we finalized, uh, we finally came to Luke 17 and the story of the 10 lepers. Yep. And we just talked through that story. There's 10 lepers are healed by Jesus and miraculously. And uh, one of them turns around to come back to Jesus and thank him and give him praise. And Jesus talked about, hey, what would it look like to be the one leper? What would it look like to be the one? who says thank you, who comes back and turns toward God and says, thank you, God, for whatever it might be in our lives, who opens our eyes because the leper noticed what had happened. He opened his eyes and noticed. What would it look like for us to open our eyes and notice what's good in our life, what God has done in our life, and then not just run off on our busy life or run off into some you know, religious ritual like these other lepers did, but instead turn back to Jesus, give him thanks, and then praise loudly and really live that out. And so we, we uh, define gratitude as recognizing the presence of God in your life and turning to him and giving him loud, thankful praise as a result. Mm. So that's mm. kind of where we went uh, in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. And I loved how in both of yours, there is kind of this, this intertwining of a perspective that's pointed past your circumstance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. into what's behind that what's causing that. And then to go further, it's like, can we be grateful for all the external things? And then can we recognize who's providing what we can be grateful for on the other end of that? That's, that's fantastic. Was Mm -hmm. that something that like, was that a big thing in your incubation group (laughs) that there are big themes that you had to pull from, or is that just something that kind of happened as you were ideating about gratitude? 
I'd say that was definitely like a theme we were all kind of connecting with is, is life is so filled with hardship. How can we possibly be grateful in the midst of hardship? Yes. And I think there's this sort of toxic positivity that some of us, including myself, can sometimes <laughs> embrace. Like, yeah. let's just be positive. Let's just think all things Not work together either. for the good. Nope. You know, and we sort of take this, you know, and, and it can actually be, I think, a little clever trick to avoid pain. At least that's how it has worked in my life. And it's like, wait, this isn't actually helping by saying like, it's going to be fine. 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 I had a, one of my counselors actually, who's been walking me through lots of things, difficulty in life. He's like, Josh, you need to eliminate the word fine from your <laughs> vocabulary. And I'm like, ooh, that's going to be hard because I use that all the time, mostly to try to get myself through yeah. difficult seasons. And so how can we be grateful in the midst of circumstances? I mean, so many of our listeners are probably going through difficult things, uh, difficult relationships, unfulfilled dreams all kinds of things that we wrestle with in this life because of the brokenness of this world. Yeah. And so I love that Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, be grateful, um, give thanks in all circumstances, mm -hmm. not necessarily for all circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I love that differentiation. Mm -hmm. It's not like, yes. mm -hmm. oh, thank, you know, thank God I just lost my job or yeah. thank God I just, it's like, no, no, no. I don't think that's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. But instead, in the midst of whatever we're going through, um, how can we thank God, even if it's, even if the only thing we have to thank him for is the fact that he will never leave us mm -hmm. yeah. in the midst of the darkest, deepest, painful circumstance, he will be with us and walk with us through that. So, um, anyway, that was definitely a common thread. It's like, how yeah. do we reconcile, you know, be grateful always with this life is hard. And yeah. so that was something we all really, uh, resonated with and ha helped each other kind of frame. Yeah, we drew we drew on personal examples too. Um, for me, Rochelle and I, my wife, we were just we had been talking like the week before about the same subject, and I said something to the effect of, "Well, I'm so glad that I don't carry that grief in my life daily." And she like looked at me dumbfounded and was like, "I carry that grief every single day." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh," and so like it made me like plumb the depths of that a little bit. And similar to you, Josh. I think I was just trying to shine up what was going on in our lives so that I could make a way to move forward. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, my wife was completely stuck in it. And mm -hmm. so you had two people, same experience, entirely different perspectives. Yeah. And um, life can sort of do that to you sometimes where you want to move past the challenging thing or it can really rope you in and hold you down. Um, and in that way, we had sort of isolated one another. And I don't like my way was not better i wasn't like i wasn't finding i wasn't exploring how that pain was affecting me and for rochelle that pain was overtaking her and so we really had to like think through that a little bit and we tried to find gratitude in the midst of all of it um and it just centered us back on that so yeah we had to pull from some personal stuff as well did you find it hard to contextualize it to your campus specifically mm -hmm. Because <laughs> a lot of times yeah. with, with personal examples, I mean, yes. they're great as illustrations where there is a clear point that can get across, but sometimes that can get lost or you can, you can try to bridge that gap a little yes. bit and be intentional about the stories that you share in the context of, like you said earlier, who, yeah. you're, who you're speaking to and, yep. and your audience. I would say for me, um, and Mountain View, if you're listening, you're all great. Love you. <laughs> um, you know, I thought a lot about uh, 
where people are living and working and what they're doing. And mm -hmm. um, I actually think one of the things I needed to speak into was addressing sort of the, I didn't, I didn't want the message to be exclusively about the moral good of gratitude because there's a lot to be said there. I mean, it's people who are grateful people tend to live more generous and less anxious lives. It is good and healthy for it. And you can get that talk from some, from a good boss or a good organization who says you should be more grateful, which is, which is great. That's a great moral thing. My whole thing was let me dig a little deeper and get into the motivation and the heart of where that gratitude originates from. And then I also drew heavily on the example in Luke 17. So the two things that, um, that I ask people is, uh, you know, where is your gratitude rooted? And the second thing I asked is, where is your temple? Um, and here's what I mean by that. In the story, you have this border between Samaria and Galilee, and you've got Jews and Samaritans, highly contentious area, two people that are not friends. The Jews had their own temple, and at some point, Jewish forces had destroyed the Samaritan temple, which was on this mountain. And in response, years later, the Samaritans actually had put corpses inside of the Jewish temple. And so these people, two ethno-religious groups that had committed atrocities against one another by desecrating their temples, the respective places, the known center of the universe for how these people lived and worked because they believed that God was there. And so you've got all this baggage in there. And the moment, two things, you've got these lepers that are together and it's nine Jewish and one Samaritan, which is pretty interesting. Pain has a way of unifying people, which is kind of like a really beautiful thing. But the moment they're healed, they split and they go to their separate temples. The Samaritan goes to Mount Gerizim and the Jews go back to Jerusalem. And it's just interesting. I think when good things happen to us, we taper off and we go to our temple. And my whole thing is, mm. whether you're religious or not, whether you have faith or not, you have a temple. You have a gravitational force for good things that happen to you that pull you into different directions. And so my whole thing in thinking of my people at the congregation is what is your temple? Where's the place you're going? Because I would say that a good portion of them actually have a lot of good favor and good fortune in their lives, gifts, grace, good fortune, they all have a gravitational pull. And so what are you being pulled towards in your life when good things happen to you? Are you directing that towards God or are you saying it's something else? Or are you saying it's myself? My practices, the things that I do have actually brought me to the place, my own temple. And so I just wanted people to question their temple. And that's where I kind of, you know, I put that, that question out there to our people. That's tough. That's yeah. a tough question to ask when you're yeah. like, you're in your, t this could be a temple for some as mm -hmm. well, or should be, Yeah, could and should be. <laughs> and so for you to challenge that, that's, yeah. especially in a week like this week where gratitude is on the minds of everyone, and yeah. now you're challenging to think about that gratitude in a different way. Yes. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Josh? Well, that's really smart. Matt's <laughs> much smarter than me. Um, Nonsense. You Nonsense. know, something actually in conversations with Matt, as we were shaping this uh, message, a couple of things you said, Matt, that stood out to me and helped me kind of think through the context was um, some in our community have sort of, if you would ask them, you know, are, are you grateful? They'd say, well, I I've made my life. Um, mm. I I'm a self-made person. I've yeah. made, I've built this company. I've mm. made this thing. I've created this digital thing. I've, you know, whatever. And if, uh, if we're not careful, I think some of us can kind of fall into the, Hey, if anybody deserves to be thanked, it's me. And it's mm. like, oof. 
Um, and so I felt like we had to talk a little bit about, you know, how gratitude, um, again, puts our eyes back on God and away from ourselves. I think that's a big part of gratitude is recognizing that something outside of ourselves has helped us or has blessed us in some way. Um, And so that kind of, you know, makes you confront your own pride. And I think that's something we deal with, you know, in the Western church, but also right here in Menlo Park in Atherton. And it's like, okay, how can we direct that to God and recognize that everything we have is actually from him yes. and uh and he's given us even the ability to think and to create and to work and to um all the things that we do and so so yeah i think it can be difficult for those that have a lot maybe it could be difficult for them to be grateful that's not necessarily true always true because we run into of course we run into some of the uh, uh people who have the most and they are also the most generous. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, so that doesn't have to be the case, of course, with God in your life and a surrendered heart. It's the other, the opposite is also true though. And Matt, you also showed this when we were chatting um, in the shaping of this thing is that those with those with very little can also struggle with being grateful because we feel like we're owed something Mm. and we sort of can fall into this victim mentality. Like, well, I don't have this because this and this and this, and it's like, Oh wow. Ingratitude can actually be something those of us with a lot can struggle with us and those with us with very little can struggle with. And so it just kind of everybody, it can be a struggle for everybody, including myself. Um, So those were some of the things that kind of helped directed the context. As you were sharing, I just thought back to different points in my life where I had been on one side of that spectrum. And then you said the other thing and I was like, oh, I've been there too. So it's, it's so hard because I feel like it's so contextual and it changes and depending on where you're at and your circumstance, it's, I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. You guys talked a little bit about how you work together, had a conversation. So um, thinking of processes at Menlo, when we do campus preaching weekends, what we try to do is have one person either write the manuscript or at least come up with the general idea and theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week was Josh Robertson, our San Jose campus pastor. And then he kind of shared with you guys like what he was kind of thinking and then you guys went from there. So can you talk a little bit about after that meeting, like how, what's your process like? How long does it take you? Do you have to like handwrite it? Do you use sticky notes? Do you type it up? Typewriter, fax machines, whatever you use. Uh, What do those processes look like? Oh my gosh, if you had to do T9, that would take forever. Let me tell you something about T9 Word real quick, okay? If... if (laughs) I would challenge anyone. Uh, I T nine word is faster than a full QWERTY keyboard. I I and I will. T- I, if anyone can produce a T nine device in front of me, I would argue that you could actually type out faster with T nine word than a full QWERTY. But that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> um, if there's any young people listening to this podcast, they're yeah. like, "What the heck are they talking?" Yeah, about? I think T nine word is amazing. Um, anyway, you said QWERTY too. QWERTY, yeah. QWERTY, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, credit to Josh Robertson actually yeah. for putting this on the map for us. Um, yeah. yeah, love you, buddy. Um, so yeah, this that process it actually took the form of a, of a Zoom call that we yeah. recorded, um, and that is a bit newer for me, even being here at Menlo nearly three years now from the team teaching dynamic of actually coming together. But some interesting things happen when you do that. Um, so we kind of knew the overall, Josh had sort of set the overall trajectory for us. And then we just had to flesh some things out. And I, once we recorded that zoom call and we sent it out to some others, I had told them, I'm like, 
if you're really interested in the process, you can watch the whole thing. And I'm glad Josh did too. Um, you, Josh Fox. Um, and and it was cool to sort of see it unfold, I suppose. But in the moment, we were like just agonizing over different things. But mm -hmm. the process essentially, for me, this is how I function. And I functioned this way in my last context from uh, my mentor as well. Um, and even in seminary, they teach you this too. But when you're giving a talk, there's three elements. You have the... Um, intellectual, emotional, and applicative content. Mm -hmm. Essentially, what do you want people to know, feel, and do? And I mean, the text is the text. The Bible is there. Mm -hmm. And that's not the hard part. It's, you know, presenting it in a way that is understandable to people um, and resonates deeply with where they are in their lives. So we had to nail down the know and the feel and the do. And once we got those in place, um, each one of these messages represented a portrait of the same thing in the same way the gospels do each one of the portrait each one of those gospels mm -hmm. is a different portrait from a perspective yeah. of each one of Jesus and so we just wanted to say here's the text how can we give different portraits and perspectives for the type of communicators we are that was great yeah wait but you you yeah. kind of use some um, some language that people might not be familiar with in there. Mm. Can you explain the know, the feel, and the do? Right, right, right. Yeah. So essentially, know would be your intellectual. Let me put it this way. Can I use analogies? Um, there's only a if you alliterate them. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. I, see, I have On to, T9. It, it unfail. It, it just happens naturally. <laughs> if you ask me to T9 word this, we'll be done in two seconds. <laughs> cool. um, you've got a stool with three legs over there. Um, each one of those legs would represent intellectual, emotional, and applicative content. And the reality is, with exception to Jesus, no communicator is good at putting those three elements together. The stool will always be in balance in some way, shape, or form. But different people resonate with different concepts. Mm -hmm. So um, when I'm thinking of Mountain View and I'm thinking of the amount of like entrepreneurs and people who are in there, I know that they will probably resonate with a lot of the intellectual right. concepts. So I want to present that in a way, which is why like, I included a quote from the Harvard Business Review about ingratitude, because <laughs> I feel like this is going to connect with some people in a way that is beneficial. But also, I know that there are folks who, um, in order to understand a concept better, they need some of that emotion in there as well. And then I think there always needs to be a do, there needs to be an applicative thing, like because you have heard these concepts, what will you do in response? Um, what is the thing? So, and that's a great way that you can challenge people. Um, so know and feel and do informational, emotional, and applicative content. You want to try to balance those as best you can. But the reality is, as a communicator, you'll always lean in one direction. Just admittedly, like cards on the table, I don't always have the best emotional content. I don't know why. That's just one of me. <laughs> I'm heavy on the on the informational and applicative, but for some reason, there's always like one, you know, that's where my stool personally is imbalanced. But I'm working on some of that. Maybe it's because I'm a tepid emotional person. I don't know why. <laughs> so you, you didn't include a story about digging through some dog poop in yours. I did not, but uh, someone else I know I, did. Yeah, I was hanging on by a thread there, Josh, when you were talking about that. That's only because I'm all emotional content. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole co-write thing is, it's like writing a song. It's like the best idea wins and you mm -hmm. kind of have to hold all your ideas loosely going into it. That's tough. And it was fun to listen to the Zoom call and hear their process and even see kind of how they co-wrote some of where they got. 
And the whole time I was like, oh, please do the story of the 10 lepers. Please, somebody <laughs> say the story of the 10 lepers. And then Matt near the end goes, you know, I was really hoping we could do the story of the 10 lepers. I was like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> Gave me something to be grateful for. Yeah. And uh, But anyhow, it was it was fun to hear their conversation and then, you know, kind of help build it out from there. Um, yeah, for me, I just like, it's a big bucket of ideas. And so I try to just fill that bucket with, um, of course, scripture and then some commentaries, um, some books that I might dive into, some other messages. And I just sort of got this giant bucket. And then usually <laughs> it's like 25 pages of notes. And then I go to my wife, Danielle, and say, okay, is there anything in here that uh, makes sense? <laughs> and then she really does help me a ton. In she terms throws away of, 23 like, of those 25. I need to <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have to give her a lot of credit. Um, so anyhow, and then it's just a matter of um, religious, you know, I mean, prayer, of course. And... And then just talking it out and finding the places that matter to you. Um, maybe that's where the emotional thing for me uh, is helpful. As, I, as I'm reading through it, I, I, I ask, where is my heart stirring? And uh, when I feel that feeling as I'm reading through it, I'm like, oof, okay, there it is right there. Let's focus a little bit more on that area. Because I think when it matters to you, it's going to matter to the people who are listening to you. Mm -hmm. And so I try to hone in on that and I, and I don't stop until I feel those things enough throughout it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I know it's just information for me and it needs to kind of get internalized into my heart and then it'll become something that I actually care more about. Um, so that's a little bit of the process for me. One of the big parts that mattered to me was this idea that gratitude actually can heal relationships mm -hmm. and i was going into it like is that true i because i was feeling it i was experiencing mm -hmm. it in my life i'm like what is happening in my life around a couple of different sort of strained friendships and i realized oh my gosh it it's gratitude yes. and so one of the you know stories i shared was there's a friend who i've kind of had a strained relationship with and Hadn't talked to him in a long time, knew I was going to see him at this event. Anyhow, um, and so it just felt like God saying, hey, I want you to thank me for him. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, he went further and said, I want you to thank him. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> and so, um, but in the process of actually obeying that, which I don't always do, uh, I just sensed some of the bitterness in my heart sort of melt away toward this person. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? And it was like this supernatural thing that was taking place as I thanked and expressed gratitude towards somebody, that relationship began to mend a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oof, there's something there. <laughs> so, and we're going into Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and our listeners probably have different family members and different mm. people that are going to see and they're going to be like, they're probably like, uh-oh, I'm going to have to see that person. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oof, and I have that too. Well, and, and people probably have that about me. <laughs> they're like, uh-oh, I have to see him. And uh, what would it look like, you know, if we practiced thanking God for that that person, that family member, that friend, or that stranger who's coming who you haven't met before. What would how would that might how might that change our experience this Thanksgiving? So I know that's been helpful for me. Hope hopefully it's helpful for those listening. So you're saying when you listen and obey God, cool things can happen. Well, Is that what like healing and, oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Well, and and let me say too, let me add this. Um because the text that we pulled from, and if you haven't read it, it's Luke chapter 17, starts in verse 11. Um, you know, these all these men that were healed, they had to go to the priest to show themselves clean, to be validated by the priest, um, but only one returned. And when he comes back, 
he he did his duty by going to the temple, which means he could reintegrate back into society. He could see his loved ones again. He could work. All of that is great. But he came back to, to see Jesus to express that gratitude. And Jesus doesn't declare him clean. He declares him well. He says, mm-hmm. go, your faith has made you well. And I, we don't know what happened to the remainder of them, but I would imagine that the remaining nine went on to live happy, healthy, productive lives and kept their gift of healing. I, I would imagine that was the case. It doesn't seem like their, their healing was conditional on saying mm-hmm. thank you to God, but Jesus says your faith has made you well. And I just think that that one was probably mindful not only of what he was saved from but who had did the saving and that to me is a thing that sticks like there's a difference between waking up every morning and say i have a great life versus waking up every morning and say i have a great life because of god mm-hmm. and it, it's that constant and consistent reminder of where your gift is coming from um and so we wanted to kind of champion that yeah Matt just said the most important thing. I know. I was like, day. we need to end right there. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so no, no, true. Yeah. yeah I, I dug into that word too, that, you know, made you well. And it's that word sozo, I think. And it's oh, yeah. not just healed physically, but healed internally. Mm-hmm. And I love thinking of Jesus healing us from this internal disease called sin. It's like an internal leprosy. Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes on the scene and does not have that leprosy. He's man but he's also god Mm. and he goes to the cross and he takes that disease upon himself and dies and resurrects and when he like touches us when we express and put our faith in him he he basically washes us clean of that internal leprosy he cures us not by anything we do not anything we deserve it's the gospel and i just love how the gospel is so clear in this story that that one leper not only is healed, not only benefits, not only flourishes from that, but recognizing recognizes that Jesus is the one who did the healing. And uh, so yeah. I love that. Great job. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Good stuff. Amen. Really good stuff. Well, <laughs> on those great notes. Yeah. You, you dropped the dog poop story. Did oh, you yeah. have a... Uh, uh, did, <laughs> <laughs> a question about that. No, I just wanted to just gonna to get leave it out there. Some people's attention to see yeah. if they missed it. You can go and check it out on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. There you go. You want to leave teaser. a reason for people it's to a dog yeah. poop teaser. Yes. It's great. Yeah. And then I put that we talked about dog poop in the description, so then people yes. will look at it. That's like true. It. Mark writes really good descriptions. Yeah. It's That's great. Good. Catchy. But I'm grateful for for you. I'm grateful for your your perspectives, your messages, and I'm just going to try to carry this through into yeah. this week. Um, and my hope for our online friends as well is we can like notice things that we can be grateful for, but also notice why we can be grateful and, and where those things stem from. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to carry that into this week. I'd encourage you all to do that too. If, you, if this is a tough week for you, I'd love to be there for you, pray yes. for you. You can text our team at 650-600-0402. That comes to our online team here. And we would love to encourage you. And if you are going through anything, or this week is especially tough, we are a resource for you. So Jess, yeah. Matt, Josh, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like I'm a guest. Too. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Have Happy a grateful week. Happy yeah, come back on Sunday. We're starting November 27th. Advent begins. Yes, it's going to be it an does. awesome series. Uh, the gift. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. The gift. The gift. The gift. Just come on. Come Coming on. Open. You don't want to leak anything right now?
what should I leak? Uh, oh. We'll have Matt Stefan preaching the first two weeks. <gasps> yeah. It's a big deal. So he'll be here on the podcast as well. Uh, it's not a secret. We might have mentioned this already, but our new senior pastor, yes. Phil Eubank, will be preaching Christmas Eve awesome. uh, live in person at our Menlo Park campus. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also already recorded his Christmas Day sermon, which will be online only. So uh, if you can't be in the area, the Christmas Eve services, we'll have them at 3.30 and 5 on Saturday, mm-hmm. December 24th, live. You can chat with Mark and other people. Uh, and then it'll be on demand for the rest of the time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's like 8 a.m. on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. We'll have a special service. Josh and the team are going to have some worship. Yeah. Mark and I are going to do some fun things, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it'll be fun. Christmas is here, everybody. Christmas is here. Well, not yet. Almost. Not we got to eat a lot of food oh, first. That's right. Yes. That's eat right. a lot of food first. <laughs> and we are going to be working on our Menlo Meditation yes! Season 3 podcast. Ooh, that's on a different channel on. than this. Yeah. Right. So search Menlo Meditations wherever you get podcasts. Those will pop up. Those are Advent-specific, like two to three minute prayerful ways mm. to start your day. Yeah. And they're awesome. So if we can link them in the show notes, we'll do it. Yes. We will do that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays. And this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.